And so I'm really blessed uh, to have a team of people who, week in and week out, are really committed to ministering to our, our junior high and middle school students and our high school students here. So what I want to do is recognize them and bring them up here this morning. So if you are on the team, team, come on up so we can all see you. Come on up on this side here. Yeah. Here they come. Here they come. This side, this side. Now, this is funny because we had one missing last night and we have another one missing this morning. So, so weird. We're consistent. Okay. I'm going to give the mic over to these, uh, these individuals. I just want them to kind of introduce who they are, how long they've been involved with Ignite. It's important, I think, for you as, as parents and as a church to see the faces and see the people who make up our team who, again, serve week in and week out with our students. So, it's all yours, ladies. Okay. And uh, my name is Joel and I've been with Ignite for the past three years. I'm Candace, and this is my 15th going on 16th year with youth group. Woo! Wow. My name's Tyler. I've been a part of Ignite for uh, three years. My name is Seath, and it was counted last night. I have been with Ignite for five and a half months. <laughs> my name's Milan. I've been with Ignite for about three years. I've been a leader for about half a year. That's it. That's Mike. Wow. So, uh, Candace, you mentioned 15, 16 years. Can we, like, get her some kind of, like, trip? Pastor, Pastor Daryl, Pastor Merrill. Well, yeah, yeah. We're going to send you to Chicago this year, Candace. It's a place you might be familiar with. Wow, that's awesome. So if you want to lay hands on this woman and pray, because, man, that's... But for all of these guys and for Candace... I appreciate you guys. Uh, I appreciate your dedication to the students here. So I wish you guys could see it. And man, we encourage you to come up and talk to our leaders today during our dinner and that. If you want to be involved, God's kind of, kind of putting something on you to, to talk more with us about getting in the trenches, so to speak, making Jesus known to our students. Man, come see me. Come see us uh, here today. We'd love to talk with you guys more about that. So thank you guys for what you do. All right. All right. You know, you're seeing the videos of highlights of Ascension Convention and things like that. I think it's really important that our students talk to you as a church about how God has impacted them as they've been involved in Ascension Convention. So I want to bring up a couple of our students who are going to do that this morning. Elise Waksmith, if you'll come up, Elise, and also Nathan Delgado. So welcome them as they come up. Here they come. Keep clapping until they come on. Come on, come on, come on. Basically, I just wanted to know if they would be willing to share a couple things. Number one, you know, how has AC impacted their lives? And what are they hoping God's going to do this year? Maybe for them personally, or maybe just for all who will be gathering in just over a month at the, at the O'Hare Hyatt. So I'm going to give you guys the mic. We'll do ladies first. So at least just, just speak to this church. Speak to them on those two things for you personally. So. Okay. You're good. Um, so I'm Elise Waksmith. I have been a part of Ignite for four, almost four and a half years. And um, I have been to Ascension since I can remember, since my dad works at, my dad is the academic dean here at the college, so I've been here a lot. <laughs> but um, Ascension has really impacted my life because 
just like the experience to go there, like the Holy Spirit impacts you in such a powerful way. And like personally, I've always been around church because I grew up in the church. But on multiple occasions, Ascension has been like the my personal relationship with God has expanded so much more through Ascension. So, and like, I've always, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's. That's awesome. What do you want God to do this year, Elise? Well, um, I know like, especially in high school, people are constantly put down and told that they're less than they're, they are. Hmm. So I really hope that God through this year can show people like who they are and that it's okay to be who you are all the time that you don't have to hide stuff that was a lot of the themes last year but like I see it more and more every year like how high schools get harder and stuff and I know personally like what has helped me through it is God and I I hope that this year other people can see it too awesome awesome cool All right. Nathan, tell us about how God used AC to... You can stay up here. No, don't you go anywhere now. Just stay right here. You got to support him. All right. You two, you got each other here. Got my back. All right. So, Nathan, Uh, tell the church just what's on your heart. uh, Well, uh, since I'm part of the worship team, music really impacted me. Man, before morning was... (laughs) That was incredible. But... It wasn't really just the music that got me. It was the people around me that were worshiping. And they were more than worshiping. They, they were giving their all. And, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes down to singing. Not too much, but I don't like to crack around people, like, you know, mess up or anything. So I don't always give it my all. Um, but I could tell nobody around me had that fear because we all love the Lord and we're all just worshiping him. And uh, that, that was very humbling to me. And then what I want uh, it to do this year uh, is just reach those people that are just in need and um, just need God in their life. I know um, a lot of people uh, that just need God, and, well, this is the place to meet them. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. So, this is a representation of your support. When you when you support when you eat spaghetti, <laughs> serious. Like you're, when you eat spaghetti today, look what you are able to do for our youth. You know, it's real simple. It's awesome, right? It's a cool thing. How's everybody doing with this spring forward thing last night, huh? Wow. Who's having a nap today at about 4 o'clock? Raise your hand. I hope I can. It's up to my kids. Where's the Ignite Youth at? Where are you guys at? Let me hear you. Yeah. The rowdy section here. It's good. But they're all kind of scattered. Got the, the plain white tees back here. Guys. Yeah. Pastor Darrell, thank you for the opportunity for us to uh, serve, for the students to come here today and, and worship and to show their giftings and to serve you here in a little bit during our spaghetti dinner. Thank you for the opportunity to speak and to uh, preach from God's word. Father God, I pray now that you guide my thoughts, 
Cause me to focus. Lord, speak through me the message, the truth that you want shared here this morning, that it might affect us, that it might impact us and change us as we walk out of here. Lord, thank you for the word as it's preached. It will go out and it will do what it needs to do today. I pray that there are ears here today that are ready to listen, hearts that are ready to receive what you have for us. And so, Lord, continue now as we worship you. Continue to just draw us closer in your presence here this morning. We ask this and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I really want to encourage you to have a Bible, whether it's paper, whether it's digital. Go ahead and, and get that out. We're going to be in uh, the first, the third chapter of First Peter in just a moment. So you can go ahead and kind of get prepped for that. 1 Peter chapter 3, we're going to start in, in verse 8. Before we go there, just a little context before we go into the scripture this morning. When Rome was burned in the summer of AD 64, the Romans believed that their emperor Nero had set the city on fire. Probably because of his lust to build. Because in order to build more, he had to destroy what already existed. Wow. The Romans were totally devastated. Their great temples, their shrines, their household idols, they were all burned up in this fire. They believed that their gods and their deities were unable to stop this fire from taking place. And they also believed those gods and deities now had also been burned up. That they were no longer in existence. So the people became homeless. They became helpless. And soon enough, the ones who survived this fire, well, they became angry and they became bitter. And Nero realized that he had to somehow redirect the anger of these people. You know how he did it? He used the Christians. The Christians became the scapegoat for what had taken place. He would spread the word that the Christians had set these fires. Now up until this point, Christianity was just considered this little sect. It was a legal religion under the Roman system. But now, because of these rumors that were being spread, Christianity was now become, had become a forbidden religion in the Roman province. And because of that, ways of oppression started to roll in against these people. Vicious persecution would start to impact the Christians. It was coming, and the Christians were about to be impacted by it. So with this in mind, a guy by the name of Peter writes to the church. He writes to the Christians to say, get ready. Be prepared, church. It's coming. It's coming your way. He calls the believers a chosen people. He calls them a royal priesthood. He calls them a holy nation. He calls them a people belonging to God. So he's addressing the Christians. He's addressing the church. And in doing so, I want to maybe pull out some things that I think He's saying to us, and especially to our young people, especially to our youth who are here today, to challenge us with. So with that background in mind, we go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil 
and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Paul's address in just a portion of this, Peter's address to the church in just a portion of his letter to these strangers, to these aliens, the Christians who are about to collide head-on with this persecution that's coming. I love, starting in verse 8, the things that Peter says should be represented when the church is the church, when the body of Christ is doing its thing. This is a great resume list here of things to put on the resume for the church. He says to live in harmony. He says to be sympathetic. He says to love as brothers. Be compassionate. Be humble. Do not repay evil with evil. I've heard it said that when you throw mud at one another, not only do you get dirty, but you tend to lose a lot of ground. Think about that. Do not repay evil with evil. Don't trade an insult with another insult. Bless others. Here's what we are to be about as this persecution, as this ridicule, is coming our way, church. This is our calling, and there is a blessing that we will inherit. And we follow the example of Jesus Christ. We, we focus on Him. He is the target in this. Because in just a few verses prior to chapter 3, in 1 Peter, in chapter 2, verse 21, to this you were called. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you. He left you an example that you should follow in His steps. What does that look like? Well, he committed no sin. And there was no deceit that was found in his mouth. When they hurled the insults at him, he didn't retaliate. Instead, I love this, he entrusted himself to the one, to him, who judges justly. Wow. That's our model. That's our example. Jesus. And how he dealt with the ridicule and the hatred, and the anger that was sent to him. And Peter says, when we are these type of people, when we live life, and we want to see good days, we keep our tongue from evil. Our lips don't spend a lot of time being deceitful when we're talking. You know, we're not cutting down people with the words that come out of our mouths. We turn from evil, we do good. We seek peace, we pursue that. Because his eyes are on the righteous, and his ears are listening to our prayers. But his face is turned against those who do evil. Now, as we kind of continue on here in verse 13 and 14, Peter says, who's going to harm you if you want to do the right thing? Now, 
for the most part, 99.9% .9 of the time, yeah, when we do good, we hopefully don't have harm coming our way. But there are those instances where we do a good thing and we're like, what? Like, why did I get that kind of treatment? It happens sometimes and it's, it's not a pleasant experience, right? But for the most part, when we do good, people appreciate that. But even if you should suffer when you do what is right, don't forget, you are blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. Do not fear what they fear and do not be frightened. Stuart McAllister is a Christian apologist and he had a blog titled this. When all else fails, worry. He writes this. Sometimes I get the feeling from our media that there is a serious effort underway to keep us all anxious. In a state of informed concern and always on the alert against, well, everything. Rather than a balanced, more general, and necessary exhortation to be cautious, we seem to manufacture fear. We take the advent of 24-7 news. We have all these experts who come on and talk like they're experts. We have a deluge of the latest studies, and out comes an overdose of worry or outright fear. Every day I'm told that education standards are failing, the economy is in shambles, crime is rising, my food is dangerous, Predators are on the prowl in my neighborhoods. My body is under assault from saturated fats. I can't trust my bankers, my accountants, or politicians. There's religious fanatics on the loose with weapons of mass destruction waiting to get me. Gas prices are going up. Work's hard to find. And on top of it all, the poisoned environment out there is gearing up to offer a big-time payback. <laughs> wow. When all else fails, worry. Do not fear what they fear. Do not fear what they fear. Those without Christ, do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. Now, verse 15 in 1 Peter chapter 3. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. 1 Peter 3.15, but in your heart set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now the Greek word here for this is apologia, where we get our English word apologetics. Be ready to make a defense in other translations. Be prepared to make a defense. Be ready, the message says, to speak up and tell anyone why you're living the way you are. Be ready. Be ready. What do our teens believe today when it comes to faith in God? What is their answer when someone asks them to give the reason for the hope that they have? Well, there, were a, there was a research company that did a study. They did more than 3,000 interviews with American adolescents. And here's what they found out. These are the five main things they noticed about youth and faith in God. One, a God exists who created and ordered the world and watches over human life on earth. Two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other as taught in the Bible and by most world religions. Three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about yourself. Four, God does not need to be particularly involved in your life except when God is needed to fix your problem. And finally... Good people go to heaven when they die. 
That in sum is the creed to which much adolescent faith can be reduced. The researchers reported that when it came to the most crucial questions of faith and beliefs, many young people responded with a shrug or whatever. That's not good. That's not a good thing. Now, as the youth pastor of this church, that frightens me, but it also challenges me more than ever to be called and serving in the ministry he's put me in to serve these youth who come through the halls of this church on a weekly basis. Know what you believe, young people, and know why you believe it, guys. Make your faith in Jesus Christ something you've embraced for yourself. I'm praying already that my boys will come to faith in Christ, but it, it will be their faith. Not Pastor Mike's, not Dad's, not Pastor Daryl's, whoever, but theirs. They've examined Jesus Christ and said, I choose him. Here's why. And the thing is, we don't have to commit intellectual suicide to embrace faith. Becoming a Christian is not a leap into the dark, it's a leap into the light. Our faith appeals to the mind as well as the heart. We'll put a verse up from Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 37. You've heard this verse 1,100 times. Well, today it's 1,102. Jesus, what's the bottom line? What's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. I want to encourage our youth, engage your mind. Ask questions. Be curious. My passion for you guys is that you don't go, whatever, when we want to know what you believe, what drives you, what you've decided when it comes to Jesus Christ. But it's very important, too, in our apologetic that when we respond, we do it with love, right? We do it with love. Our goal is not to win the argument, it's to win the man. Our goal is not trying to put points up on the board. We're not trying to be gunslingers, putting another notch on our Bible. Boom, got him. Woo! You don't know what hit him. Praise God. We need to think a lot less about winning, and instead we need to be winsome type of people. We ultimately want to point people to Jesus Christ. Bottom line. We're always in our conversations, we want to point people to Jesus. As a youth pastor, my goal, as I'm with students, in my conversations with them, listening to them, as they're telling me about the good and the bad and the ugly that's going on in life, my prayer is always like, Lord, did I point them to Jesus? Did our leaders point them to Jesus? So that they'll be living for Him, so that people in school, people that are around, will say to them, can you tell me why you live the way you do? For all of us here today, why do we live the way we do as we follow Jesus Christ? Is anyone asking you that question? Is anyone asking us that question nowadays so that we can be ready to set apart Christ as Lord in our hearts and then be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that we have? But again, we do it with gentleness and we do it with respect. Our, our model again is Jesus. We go back to Jesus when he was insulted, when he was ridiculed, when he was mocked, when he was beaten. He did not retaliate. He entrusted himself to his father. He knew the plan.
He knew what lied ahead. I just want to encourage our youth, ladies, for guys here today, what do you believe about Jesus Christ? Have you set apart Him as your Lord? And are you prepared to give an answer when someone asks you, hey, why don't you go drink? Hey, why don't you come out to the party? Hey, why don't you come and watch the movie? Hey, why don't you come and get the video, get, watch the video game and play with us tonight? Hey, you know, dude, have you seen this website? It's messed up, but it's pretty cool. So check it out. What's your response? For all of us here, what is our response? And to conclude, I'll share this. How many of you have ever been in court and served as a juror before? Raise your hand. Anybody here ever been in a, you've been on jury duty? You got called, you got selected, right? Here's the thing. The difference between a lawyer offering a defense to a jury and our defense on why we've placed our faith in Jesus Christ, why we've set apart Christ as Lord in our lives is this. The jury is a captive audience. They can't go anywhere. You're there. You're serving. You're stuck. All right? That's why Peter says, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. When they come to you asking, what is it about you? You seem different. Tell me more about why you live the way you live. Why do you bother going to Christian Life Church? Why do you bother going to youth ministry? Why do you bother going to men's ministry? You go to pray on a Wednesday? Like, what, why do you go there to pray? I want to know more about that. Tell me. Tell me more. I think the challenge is this in our culture. There's no city around us on fire right now. But I think the challenge that we have as Christians, as the church, is this. Right now, the world is saying to those of us who claim to be followers of Christ, every voice in our culture is tolerated except yours. Tolerance is now the highest virtue. It's replaced love. Tolerate. Tolerance. The Christian voice is now told, shh. Church, shh. Quiet. Now more than ever, through Peter's writing to this church, and I think for us, we need to be his church, we need to be his people, and we need to be ready to give an answer when the question comes for the reason why we have the hope that we have. My prayer is that you answer well, that we all answer well. Our youth, from the youngest person here to our teens to the oldest person in this sanctuary today, be ready, be ready, be ready. Amen? Amen. Pastor, I'm going to invite you to come up. Students, we are dismissed. So junior high and high school students, we are dismissed. What a, what a great word for us today. Thank you to the worship team, to Pastor Mike, to everybody that uh, participated today. It was just great to have them lead us this morning. And, uh, and so when you see the young people today at lunch, make sure you thank them, thank the team that's been in the kitchen. Uh, I just want to say publicly, as I know Pastor Mike's leaving, but how much I appreciate him, his team. I'm going to tell you what. 
May, uh, may God light a fire under us as a church to reach young people. You know that 96 to 97 percent of people that become followers of Jesus do it before the age of 30. And most of those actually do it before the age of 14. I want to tell you what, what Nicole does, what Pastor Mike does with our children, with our youth, what our Awana's workers, our youth leaders, what they do is so valuable. And we're going to stand behind them as a church. We're going to honor them. We're going to bless them. We're going to give them the resources they need. And we're going to send absolutely every kid we can to Ascension because this is so important. And, and so they're going to make us lunch today. It's going to be great. It smells so good we can't wait to go out there. But they're setting the tables for us. So let me just tell you about Ascension Convention. I'm going to ask everybody to take out uh, the orange sheet that's in your bulletin. Everybody could take out the orange sheet and the white sheet. Both say Ascension Convention on it. just want to share a couple things with you as uh, we conclude our time together. And then we'll receive a, a very special blessing of the Lord at the end of service. And so uh, we'll get ready to receive that and then we'll head to lunch. But a few weeks back, I was able to preach at a church in Kansas City, and this is a church that has put on a youth camp for many years, and I started to go to this youth camp when I was like in the sixth grade, and I, and I got up to preach that Sunday at this church, and as I, as I got in the pulpit, I was going to say thank you, I became overwhelmed thinking about how much this church had meant to me over the years as a young man, and as a young teenager, and to be quite honest with you, had I not had those experiences with God at that camp, I don't know that I'd even be standing up here today. And, and we all have those significant moments with God that have happened in our life, and, and the Ascension Convention is one of those experiences for so many young people. And for almost 30 years, our church has been able to team with the college and host the Ascension Convention. It's almost like a gift that God has given our church to reach young people. I mean, think about it. God chose us to help lead children to know him. And that's pretty good. That's pretty exciting. You may say, well, I'm, I'm not young. I'm, I'm not a young person. How can I be a part of it? I want to let you know that if you could be a part in any way, I can't wait to get to heaven to see how many lives have been impacted by the Ascension Convention. I don't think we'll know until eternity all that God has done over these years, but we need your help because as you saw in the video this morning, this isn't something that's done here at the church. This is done at the O'Hare Hyatt. It's much bigger than the average weekend here at Christian Life, and we need a lot of volunteers to make the weekend service run. We need an awful lot of volunteers to help the Ascension Convention run. And so if you look inside of this uh, orange sheet of paper, there are so many ways that you can be involved, whether it be working at the college booth, uh, selling items to the students that come up, or answering their questions, or, or, or monitoring. We're going to be doing a lot of different things this year, and so we're going to need a lot of help, a lot of hands on deck, because when you try new things, uh, you, you're just going to have some learning curves, and so we need as many people as possible for the party, party monitoring on uh, Thursday night, for ushering, obviously, to take up an offering in that size of room. Uh, we need as many ushers as possible. Uh, we need overnight security. If somebody is used to staying up all night and can help us with that security, that's so important. We really need a few people to sign up because we can't lock things up and we have a lot of valuable equipment. So if somebody can do that, uh, there's a bunch of things for setup and tear down, and we're so happy to have children's ministry available. We started that last year. It was a, a great success. We want to do even more this year. You can see that on the back. We'd love for you to stay at the hotel, because when you're there at the hotel, you can be a part of everything that's happening. And so there's so many ways to be involved. 
And a lot of times we say, well, I'm going to take time, I'm going to think about where I'm going to be involved. But the reality is, is that this is a month away. And we have done this for so many years, and it's kind of tradition on uh, Ignite Takeover Sunday and the Spaghetti Dinner Sunday, we start signing up. And I'm going to ask you not to wait to sign up, but sign up today. Begin saying, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to help. I'm going to serve the young people. And, and again, thank you for doing that. But there's so many things that are happening at this convention that I want you to know about. Dave Perkins, who spoke a couple years ago, uh, he's part of the desperation movement that has been a part of uh, probably three decades of, of reaching young people. We're so happy to have Dave coming back, and he's going to challenge young people. Obviously, Dave Mudd and Before Morning, uh, just the worship is out of this world. Uh, they really connect us with God, and Dave is always a gifted speaker. Uh, Jared Anderson, who was just here a couple months ago and led worship here, he's going to be at the Ascension Convention. And I am thrilled that Jared Anderson is going to stay over and lead worship for our Easter Sunday morning. And so Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, Jared Anderson is going to be leading worship. Uh, I'll be preaching an Easter message, so bring your friends that need to hear the gospel. We're going to preach an Easter message. And then our choir, if you'd like to be part of the choir, our choir is going to sing with Jared Anderson. Uh, and so it's going to be wonderful. The Great I Am and some other things. And so it's going to be a wonderful thing. You can see the choir sign up in the bulletin. But we're going to have a great Easter weekend, and we need your help. So please, please, please sign up today. Be a part of it. Uh, come to the dinner. Give uh, uh, the money to, to eat, and that'll all go towards the kids. And we're going to hope that that pays the whole bill. And so thanks for being a part of that and, uh, and coming to lunch. One big thing is can you pray? Just pray for the Ascension Convention. Pray that the kids get there. Pray that the churches get there, that the monies, monies are raised. Pray for the anointing to be on the ministry people that are going to be there preaching and, and singing. And, and just pray that God shows up because we can plan a great event, but we want God to touch the hearts of our young people. So, again, thank you for, for being a part of today and being a part of a very special Easter weekend. Before we go, and we're going to give the blessing of the Lord and, and pray a special blessing over a few people this morning, but uh, before we go, uh, there are sign-ups all throughout the lobby, and it's for the men's ministry. They have a, a retreat coming up this weekend, Iron Sharpens Iron. We've seen some videos about that the past couple weeks. Uh, men, if you want to grow in God, it's a one-day event next Saturday. You can sign up and pay in the lobby today. Today is the very last day. This Thursday, our uh, pantry is going to have a special work night here. And uh, so anybody that can volunteer for our pantry ministry that reaches out uh, to those in need in our area, uh, sorting clothes and, and a lot of things will be happening this Thursday night, you can sign up for that in the lobby. Obviously, we want everybody to sign up for the Ascension Convention in the lobby. So throughout the lobby, there's so many places that you uh, can sign up and get involved. Maybe you want to do that before you go in, but the kids are getting ready to serve us lunch in just a moment. And uh, so head on in there as soon as you can and grab some lunch, uh, but make sure you sign up for everything uh, today. Also, uh, next weekend, I'm thrilled to announce next weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and Sunday night, Steve Sampson is with us next weekend. And so we're thrilled to have Steve Sampson come on out Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Sunday night. It's going to be a wonderful time. Children's ministry are part 
of each of those services. It's a prophetic ministry, and we encourage you to be a part of that. If you're here for the first time, so glad you came. It's our Ignite Takeover, as you saw. And so come back next week, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy that as well. But we have a special gift for you in the lobby. And if you want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, there are um, packets down here with the Bible and, and different things. Just come and grab it. They're free. And just start that journey walking with Jesus. We're going to see the blessing of the Lord, and then we're going to eat together here um, so we can get out right at 11. But this is what we're going to do today. Uh, this, um, this week, Pastor Merrill is uh, heading to the Philippines uh, with Teresa. And so I'm going to just invite them to come up, and we're going to pray over them as uh, they head to the Philippines to do ministry there. And so come on up here. And then uh, MJ Leelock, come on down as well. Uh, MJ serves in the Navy. And uh, he is being shipped out to San Diego. So I don't know why we're praying for him, um, because that's a pretty good gig. But no, I'm just kidding. But away from family, from friends. And uh, so God's taken him uh, in a new direction. And uh, we, want to just, we, we, we bless anybody that serves our nation. We're proud of them. Yeah, and Eldon, but Eldon, is Eldon not here? Oh, okay, good. Yeah, Eldon uh, Tracy's going as well in Twilight. So, uh, but we're going to pray over them. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord and, and pray over these that God is taking uh, in new directions this week. And I'm just going to ask family and friends to step out of their seat and come surround them. Anybody that is part of a prayer team, anybody that just feels led to come on down, uh, along with family and friends, just step out of your seat. Nothing formal here. Don't have to have a special pass to come on up. Just come on up. So... We're just going to pray, and we're going to believe uh, God leads, he guides, he takes us uh, where he wants us to go, where he wants us to minister, and um, so we're going to bless them. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Lord, we gather together today as a church family. We just lay our hands on our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, you are taking them in new directions, Lord. Lord, uh, some on the other side of the world to minister to children and to churches. And God, we thank you, Lord, that you are going with them, that they are not alone. God, that you're going to provide everything and keep them safe, keep them strong, healthy, Lord. And God, they're going to be anointed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, you're taking MJ and you're leading him in a new direction in the Navy. But God, we know that you are with him, that, that, that he may be away from family and friends. But Lord, you have him in the palm of your hand and you will never leave and you'll never forsake. And you are with him as he goes this week. Lord, you're with all of us. There's not one person in this room that does not have the call of God on their life. That we're going to leave this place, whether it be to our families or to our workplaces or, or to the Ascension Convention next month. God, you're going to use us in different ways. And, and so, Lord, give us your blessing. Give us your anointing. Give us your strength, God. We need your strength this week, Lord, as we heard preach, that we would live a life worthy of the call that you placed. And, God, that we would be able to give that answer for the, the hope that lies within us. Lord, thank you for that hope. Thank you for that strength, God. Lord, we thank you for the lunch that we're about to partake in. We just thank you for the food. But Lord, more than the food, we thank you for what it represents. That when we pay and we go, God, that helps a kid go to the Ascension Convention. So Lord, thank you for the opportunity both to eat and to give. And God, I pray this week that you'd keep us safe and keep us strong until we can gather together again as a church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I, I got the sign that they're ready for lunch, so you can go ahead, go right to lunch, and just would love everybody just to go to lunch, and, and uh, even if you've never eaten in church before, go in there, and make sure you have some time to fellowship and eat and gather together, sign up in the lobby. We'll see you Wednesday night for prayer. God bless you.